Hi guys, you are now listening to episode 53 of the No Shame in My Name podcast. I'm your host Juliana and today we're joined by special guest Chibundu Onuzo. Hi Chibundu, how are you today? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Juliana, your voice is so calming. I think you have a career in reading calming things to people. Thank you so much. This microphone that I'm using is tripping me out though because I can hear myself. Oh, right, I see. You can calm yourself and others at the same time. <laughs> Who is Chibundu? Can you give us like a brief introduction to yourself? Oh, this is like a question that you can answer forever, for your whole life. Chibundu is a child of God. Chibundu is a writer. Chibundu is a singer and a musician. Chibundu is curious, is curious verging or nosy, depending on who you ask, but I think I prefer curious. Chibundu is a maker of very good fried rice. I think if I went on MasterChef, I would be really good in the round where I made fried rice and then after that I would probably get kicked off. So before we begin, I just want to congratulate you on the release of your new book, Sankofa. Um is that how you is that how you say it? Yes, that's how I would say it. I mean to be fair, it's it's a word that's from the Akan people in West Africa. So that's more Ghana and Ivory Coast. So I would say Sankofa, but um, you know, it's not my language, so I'm okay to be corrected as well. Very, very good to read. Oh, but could you, you give us like a synopsis of what it's about and why you decided to write it? So Anna is a woman in her 40s. She's in her late 40s when she discovers that her father is still alive and living in West Africa. So after her mother dies, she discovers her father's diary in her mother's things. And it's a shock because she doesn't know, at this point, she doesn't know anything but his name. And so after she discovers this diary, you know, she reads it and then goes on a journey to find her father and find out more about him. I love how you um, said that the only thing that she, um, Anna has is her father's name. And I, mm. then I noticed how he goes by two different names, mm-hmm. um, which I find quite interesting. Was that intentional? Like what was the value of making that um, writing decision? Well, with giving her father two different names I was trying to show that he was almost or he seemed anyway to an outside eye to be two different people you know the person he was when he was a young idealistic man so that's Francis and the person he became when he became a politician and had you know um, to make decisions that to a large extent, Anna doesn't agree with. And so that's Kofi. And I always like to ask um, authors, like, how intentional are you when you decide to name a character like Anna or like Rose or Robert or Kofi or Francis? Hmm. I think Anna came with her name. Um, and then I think I played around with the other characters' names a bit. So I think Anna was always Anna, I think, from, from right from the start. Um, and then with Rose, I suppose that's Anna's daughter. I wanted a very English name. You know, you know, there's this idea of the English Rose and, you know, to the onlooker, to someone who doesn't know Rose's parentage, you know, Rose, is, Rose looks white. And so the phrase English Rose is usually associated with, you know, 
white white women. Um, so to the onlooker, Rose looks English. She looks white, but then you know I wanted to play with that a little bit as well. And some of the names were just I need a name. I can't just call you person X. Um, so yeah, it was a mixture. I love that. Um, and yeah, so has it? It's been out for since was it the beginning of june yes yes wow and it's available in most bookstores yes it's available in most bookstores online um there's a website called bookshop.org which helps independent bookshops you can buy it from there and you can buy it from your foils your waterstone online bookshops bookshops uh, bookshores book shops <laughs> that's a difficult <laughs> word <laughs> oh no that's great that's amazing um if you're listening right now, make sure you cop and read Sankofar, which is officially out now. And yeah, if I say so myself, it's a very, very good read. But yeah, on that note of your main character um, discovering, I guess, her roots, I guess we're going to try and dig deep into the meaning of your name. So the question which I um, ask all my guests is, what name are you bringing to the podcast today and why? Okay, so I'm bringing Ima Chibundu. Um, it means knowing God is life in Igbo, which is my father's language. And I'm bringing it to the podcast because it's my name. Which other name would I bring to the podcast? I mean, you know, I can I go by Fine Girl, you know, Hot Girl Summer. <laughs> These are all <laughs> other names I go by. But yeah, I didn't think I should bring those ones to, to the podcast. It didn't seem um, appropriate. Wait, can you tell us the meaning of it? So it means knowing God is life. Um, so I come from a Christian family. And it's interesting because my father also grew up in a Christian home. But he grew up in a time where um, Christianity was very heavily associated with European culture. Um, so all my father's siblings have English names. And in the past, um, these were actually called Christian names. So in fact, and even till now, actually, in some parts of Nigeria, when people say, what's your Christian name? They mean, do you have a European name? Um, so um, all my father's siblings, they all have, quote unquote, Christian, they all have European names. I won't call them Christian names. They're just European names. Um, and it's interesting because he gave all his children Igbo names. So all our, none of us have English or European names. And it was a very conscious decision. And I think he was heavily influenced by writers like Tinoa Achebe, who valorized Igbo culture. Um, and so I remember him saying once about our names. I think someone asked him why none of us have any English names. And he said he has never seen a white man bearing the name of Obinna. So Obina is quite a common Igbo name. And he was like, I've never seen an Englishman or an Italian man or a Frenchman called Obina or called Emeka or called Chukwebuka. So why should any of my children be called Alice or Stephanie or <laughs> Paul? Um, so we all, all have Igbo first names. And my mom is Yoruba. She's from another ethnic group. Um, so we also have Yoruba names. And so my full name, I'll say my, my full my full name on this podcast is Imachibundu, Oluwadara, Onye Dikachi, Onuzo Chukukama. 
beautiful <laughs> neck, smiling, grinning my teeth, all those names. Do you know the mean? I mean, what are the meanings? Of, of course, I, of course, I, <laughs> it's by force. Um, so Oluwadara means God has done a wonder, which I think is quite, you know, that's quite cool. Quite a cool name. I'm a wonder. <laughs> I'm a shooting star. And Onye Dikachi is a rhetorical question, actually. And sometimes you have, that's quite common, especially for Igbo names. And even your names, actually, your name is actually a sentence. So it has a subject, a pronoun, a verb, all of the above. So Imachibundu means, you know, knowing God is life or to know God is life. So that's a sentence. Onye Dikachi is actually a rhetorical question. So one of my names is a question. Maybe that's why I'm such a curious person. So Onye Dikachi means who is like God. Um, so yes, that's a, that's a question mark, you know, it's a rhetorical one. And Onuzo Chukukama. So that's a surname that the sort of law of the surname is passed down in my family. Um, so there's some family legend or myth now lost, not lost, I know what it is, but I'm not, I'm not going to say it on the podcast <laughs> because it's our family legend on this. <laughs> but suffice it to say that um, one of my ancestors changed his name when he became a Christian to Onuzochukukama, and it means the way of the Lord is best. I think it's important. So it's actually a question that is often asked in sort of the Nigerian context. What does your name mean? Um and so, so people are not named. So even in the Yoruba culture, which is where my mom is from, it takes eight days to name a child. So nobody, the child is not called until the eighth day when they have something called a naming ceremony. And it's a very sort of big party where um, relatives come and depending on your sort of stature or your ranking in the family, you can give the child a name. So like your grandfather would give the child a name or your aunties or your esteemed cousins that sort of thing um and so even for my um my nieces and nephews now you know like my parents have given them they're now grandparents now they've given names to the child and you name a child um what you sort of you sort of name children prophetically at least um that's how it has been in our family. So this is what you want for the child. This is what you hope for the child. And you know, especially for my parents, this is what you believe that God is saying about that child and that child's future. Um, so for example, my, my sister, her name means my dignity is in God. Um, and it's funny actually, because then her, her name sort of suits her. She does have a lot of poise and dignity. Um, and so I guess for me, um, knowing God is life, there's that sort of, that prophecy, like that's where my parents hope and pray that I will always find my my source of life, uh, my source of meaning um, from God. And what does that meaning mean to you? Um, I know you mentioned at the beginning when I asked you to introduce yourself, you said, um, you, you're a child of God and rightly so but what does the meaning of knowing God is life mean to you? What does it mean to me? Um, I mean it depends when you ask me I think it has it has meant more as I've gotten older and I think there is this sort of narrative you can buy into sort of chasing success whether it's career success or money or status 
and thinking that that will give your life meaning. Um, and I've spoken about it before, about I got my book deal when I was 20, no, no, when I was 19. My first novel was published when I was wow. 21, but I got my book deal when I was 19. And I remember it was something that I'd wanted for so long. I started writing my first novel when I was 10. So it was a big ambition that I'd had. And I remember getting the book deal and sort of it was with this great publisher and all of that. And I just remember the feeling of anticlimax. That that's how it felt. It just felt like this thing that I'd been working towards and hoping hoping for for so long. And I finally got it and it felt anticlimactic. And I think a lot of life can be like that. If you feel if you want to draw your entire sort of meaning or existence or sort of your reason to be for something like a book deal or a, or a check or you know winning this prize or you know doing that thing most of the times those things you will find that they're not sturdy enough to hold the weight of your existence um and i have found that building my life on something or someone actually that is eternal that has been a more sustainable source for my life uh-huh. than something as ephemeral as the joy you get from signing a book contract, you know. That comes and goes. <laughs> you can't stay there forever. You have you have to move on. Um, Absolutely. Amen to that. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna ask you, I read that um you moved to England when you were 14. What was it like moving from Nigeria um, to England? How did people receive your name? Did they find it easy to say, difficult to say? They received it very badly. In fact, the first person I met said to me when I said, my name is Chibundu. She said, oh my gosh, I can't pronounce that. Do you have a nickname? <laughs> and I was 14 and you were sort of easily swayed at that age. I think I, and I guess... I've always sort of known my own mind, but at the same time, there's that thing of being 14 and in a new place where you want to be liked and you want to be, you know, you want to be, what's what's the word? It's, it's, it's not easy, I mean, like, you, you want to be, it's like you want to enter a space and not have any angles, you know, you, you want to fit in as easily as possible. Yeah. And so, you know, when this, this girl said to me, you know, she can't pronounce my... My name and it's rather it's interesting actually because she also she wasn't actually white. She wasn't white English, she was Chinese. Um and she had also left her Chinese name and taken on an English name oh, to wow. fit in into this new world. And so she, I suppose she was sort of <laughs> she was my my guide into this <laughs> new world of being a foreigner in England. And so I guess she was almost sort of preparing me and saying, oh, no, this name is not going to do. This name is too unwieldy. And then what a lot of Nigerians do is actually they, if they have a European name, then when they move over here, that's the name they will start using. But, you know, my, my parents made it very, <laughs> very certain. But they made sure that I didn't have any European name to give anybody. <laughs> and I wasn't going to just make up one. Having said that, I do have... I call it my cab driver name. So have you ever booked a cab on the phone? Or like, you, know, you book a cab on yeah. the phone and they say, what's your name? Yeah. And I said, Chibundu. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> So, 
<laughs> my my cab driver name is um, Kimberly, so that's that's the name I give. I don't know why Kimberly. <laughs> don't ask me. But um, yes, my cab driver name is Kimberly. But anyways, when I got to boarding school in England, I didn't <laughs> I didn't give Kimberly as my name. So I I remember it was like I was unpacking with my. I was unpacking sort of my, my clothes and all of that. And my mom was in the room and my sister was in the room. And we sort of had a council, like, what nickname shall I give? And we, we came up with Chibs. <laughs> Nobody ever called me that. Ever. Well, I mean, so I have friends who call me Chibs now. And I don't mind it because I feel like nicknames are things that people give you affectionately. But to be forced to just sort of mangle my name because people couldn't pronounce it, not because they were people that had any sort of affectionate feelings towards me. It was just, oh, we can't pronounce it. Change your name. Um, so yes, I was chibs for a while. So there's sort of people from certain years in my life. That's like my, <laughs> from, that's my, I know I can tell where I knew people from if, if they call me chibs. But like also my dad calls me chibs. So it, it is a name of, of like affection in my family. <laughs> but it was just, a nickname that I had to, I well, I didn't have to, but a nickname that I gave to my peers and or my the other students in boarding school because Chibundu was apparently too difficult. I've spoken to people and they've said even in Nigeria sometimes and people people might struggle. Is that the case for you? That's a good point. This is so, sometimes people I don't know people don't listen. My name is Chibundu, but there's also another common name called Chibuzo. So people are always calling me Chibuzo in Nigeria. <laughs> My name is not Chibuzo. Listen, listen. <laughs> but um, I'm also, I'm also actually very often because Chi means God and, you know, and Igbo culture and there's, there's a lot of Christianity and not just Christianity, like sort of reverence for God. And so you, you will see the name Chi in a lot of names. So there are actually quite a few um famous Nigerian writers who whose names begin with Chi. And <laughs> I'm often mistaken for them. So it's different. of course, I have been called Chimamanda many times. Um, there's another Nigerian writer called Chinelo Oparanta. And there's another called Chika Unigwe. So yes, I've, I've been called by their names many times. I don't take it too much to heart, to be honest. Um, I mean, in this context, I'm usually the only Chibundu that most people know. And I have become less um, touchy about it after I went to South Africa. There was, I was on a panel with a man that had a click in his name. And I remember, like feeling so anxious and not knowing how to refer to him because there was no way I was going to be able to pronounce his name with a click in the correct place. <laughs> and I remember wanting to refer to something he'd said on the panel. And I was like, as my colleague said, <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was like, I can't. And so for the first time, I mean, I sort of, understood maybe a little bit what um but because he's the first person i'd ever I, i'd met you know with with a click in his name um so i know yeah sometimes people can um, so i don't mind saying 
my name. I don't I don't mind mind correcting in this context, you know, because um yeah, sometimes I may be the first Chibundu you have met. What I don't like is when my name is misspelled. Um because that annoys me a bit because it's just like just type a little bit slower, okay? And just read it, you know. So you may not know how it's pronounced, but if you've seen it spelled, just sort of take a little time to copy it correctly. But then even then at the same time, I also I'm not um too um I don't get too annoyed by it. I don't really get annoyed by it because as I said, for most people I meet in this context, I am the first Chibundu they have ever met. So um yeah. What is so to someone who has come across your name or has never heard your name before, how what is the most authentic way, you know, that your name is said or pronounced? Right. So pronouncing is like a sentence, so like with God is life is statement, Chibundu. But like you, know, I mean, I don't, you know, because it's God is life. But who, who has? I don't have time for that too. <laughs> so you know, Chibundu is okay. But um, that's okay. We have to keep it moving. <laughs> we can't be here all day. So every time you call me Chibundu. How are you? <laughs> then you, you go back to normal speed. <laughs> we interrupt the sentence to call Chibundu's name. Chibundu. How is like it? A song. <laughs> like a song. Like a song. Well, yes, most, a lot of West African languages are to know. Uh, was, that, was that a conscious decision to not go by Ima Chibundu? But rather... Well, I've never, I've never gone by that. So in Nigeria, um, you know, my parents call me Chibundu. Um, so most of the time, because again, as I said, names are sentences in a lot of the time. Most of the time, they just, people pick a part of the sentence. And I think, so for me also, like, I think it's good to pick a part of the sentence that makes sense. <laughs> so like, sometimes what does annoy me is like, again, when to try and anglicize your name or make it easier for people to pronounce. So for example, um, my name is Chibundu. Um, to make my name easier to pronounce, I then say, but you can call me Ibu. What is Ibu? <laughs> so the parts of the sentence you can break up, <laughs> you know, like, so Undu, for example, Undu is life. Okay, yes, that has a meaning, you know, Chibu. Mm, I'm not a fan of it, but okay, that means God is. Yeah. You know, but you just, you just pick Ibu. Or you can call me Hebrew. No. <laughs> you know, so sometimes, and, you know, it's something like, you know, it's, it's something, you know, sometimes people just feel they need to do it to get ahead. I remember um, my cousin went into her workplace and you know, she's Nigerian. And everyone was telling her, oh, you should meet Daisy. Daisy's also Nigerian. You should meet Daisy. Daisy said, cool. Daisy, Daisy, Daisy. So finally, oh, she meets this Daisy girl. And the Daisy girl, when she hears, obviously, once you hear the name, you know she's evil. The Daisy girl says, it's Adeze. <laughs> so her name was Adeze. And then, you know, which means first daughter of the king. Um, but um, she had changed it to Daisy, which is a nice flower, but um, doesn't quite have the same heft and stature of first daughter of a king. Oh, it's a big thing in Nigeria, people renaming themselves. Um, so there's, there's, I think, uh, is this, who is it? It's, I think it's the prayer of Jabez. There's a famous prayer in the Bible where he asks to, to change his name because I think Jabez doesn't have a very great meaning. Um, oh, and it's a big thing in Nigeria. People change their names all the time. So, you know, sometimes they feel, 
evenings are because they become Christian, for example, you know, and this is how they feel they, that they're too closely tied to traditional religious beliefs, so they change their names. People change their names, you know, for for different reasons. Um, I mean, as long as you're patient with people <laughs> and don't hit them over the head, it's like I knew you for twenty five years as one thing, <laughs> and now. Um, you know, so but no, I, of course it's your right if you want to change your name, um, and especially sometimes when people discover the meanings, you know, the meanings of name names. Sometimes from English names to African, sometimes different African names. Yeah, it's your prerogative. Two questions in one sort of, but how would that inform the way that you um, go on to name your children when it comes to that season of your mm-hmm. life? Number one and number two, do you have any favorite? Ibo names. Mm, so I would definitely, my ghost grace, Lord, <laughs> so definitely, then, then I'm my, my, my ghost grace, uh, you know, my ghost grace, yes, when that time comes, my children, all of that. Um, I want to, want my children to have Nigerian names. So again, this will, depending on where my husband is from, there'll be negotiation. But you know, if he is, um, if he is Nigerian, um, then whatever ethnic group he is from in Nigeria will be important. You know, my ethnic group is ethnic group. You know, um, for our children to have names that reflect that, um, because as I said, you know, names are giving us, giving us prophecy. You know, I have a very good friend whose name means God sent. And you know, he really carries that in, in his life, you know, he believes where he goes, you know. He's sent by God, um, you know, to bring life, to bring hope, to bring joy. Um so yes, so definitely for my for my children, my God's grace, when they come down from heaven. <laughs> As for favorite Igbo names, I mean, I find it quite interesting now. There are some Igbo names that are in vogue now because they are easy to anglicize. So like <laughs> um <laughs> There's a name, for example, like Chizara. And they'll say Zara. I mean, Zara. 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 So I've seen it. There's, there's a rise in popularity of these sorts of evil names that, you know, you know, depending on where you chop them, you know, they can start sounding, um, they can start sounding um, English. Um, or even, um, so for example, this one is a Yoruba name, you know, I know, and Omotara Oluwa. If you ask her what her name is, she say Tara. She say Tara, Tara, Tani Tara. It's Tara. <laughs> so I find that interesting, actually, especially for people who have children here, and they don't want to give their um, children the English names, but at the same time, they don't want to give them Nigerian or African names that will get them teased in schools. So, for example, if you've known any people who are called like you know Titi. For example, Titi is a Yoruba name, but you know, here I've known a few Titis, you know, people will be making fun and say, it's like tits, it's like tits. Mm. You know, like, it's not like breasts, okay? What is wrong with you, Titi? How do you think that schools can remedy, you know, that thing of, I don't know, being more receptive of names that are maybe different? Well, not just schools, actually, just in general. And then my other question, actually, is how did it feel when you first got your first book, book published and you saw your name? On that book. I think the thing with schools is that you have to realize that not taking the care to pronounce people's names from certain cultures is because you don't rate those cultures. You know, so I love that interview with Uzo Aduba 
they were saying that, you know, she told her mom that she wants to change her name. And her mom told her that, you know, people learn how to say Tchaikovsky. Mm-hmm. And it's almost a badge of honor. So, like, if you read the word Tchaikovsky and you, you come as I say, Tchaikovsky, ah, this one is not cultured. This one is not in the nose. It's Tchaikovsky, duh. T-C-H-I, I don't know how to spell the rest of it. Tchaikovsky, duh. <laughs> Whereas if I say my name is, is Chibundu now, you know, before you even try or attempt, can I call you Bum, Bundy? No, you can't call me Bundy. <laughs> um, you know, go and ask Tchaikovsky if you can call him Kovsky. No, you don't do that. <laughs> but it's like a badge of honor because you rate, you rate the cultural production from certain parts of the world. You know, care is given. So it sometimes really irritates me also in movies when they don't get the accent rights for for West Africans. And I'm because I'm like, well, if this was French or if this was German, you know, a lot of care would be taken to make sure that your presentation was accurate. But sometimes there's that sort of slapdash approach. Um so it's just a little bit of care, you know. You can learn it. You can learn names that are not within your frame of reference, names that not that you've not heard before. You just need to put in you know, a little bit of effort. Um, and the fact that you're not willing to put in that effort says something about what cultures you think are worth putting in effort for mm. and what cultures you think are not worth it. So basically, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> and then my second question, like, I know you mentioned before what it was like when you first got your book deal at, was it 19? Mm-hmm. Um, but what does it feel like, like knowing that your name is written on these thousands of books that are being stored in, and sold in so many places? It's funny, actually. I don't really think of it like that. My name is written in the book of life. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. What does it feel like? So, yeah, that's the book my name is written in. I don't think about it like that because I guess you don't see all these books. It's nice. Um, I've not been like, I don't know. I, I'm not like... I don't have any imperial ambitions with my name. <laughs> so I'm not trying to name a country after myself. Um, it's um, it's nice, I guess, that my, my name is on my book. But I guess it would, but my name would be, on, would be on my book. I think the thing is, one thing about names and books, I remember when I was editing The Spider King's Daughter and, you know, your editor or my editor, editors in general, they suggest changes, but they can't make you change anything. And I remember my editor saying to me, that at the end of the day, it's going to be your name on the book, not mine. And I think that did sort of give me, I've never forgotten her saying that actually, it sort of gave me a sense of ownership, like this is my project and I can listen to advice and listen to what other people think. But ultimately it's my name that goes on the cover. And so I have sort of like, I'm the final decision maker in what goes in the book and what doesn't. names have meaning. I remember meeting someone who was called Sarah and she didn't know what her name meant. And I told her, so your name means mother of nations. And I showed her in the Bible. And she's like, oh my gosh. It's like, yeah, so go on, go and give birth to Togo <laughs> on Nepal. <laughs> um, so in Yoruba culture, for example, so there's this, I, there's this concept of abiku. Those are the children that people believe are born to die and are born to die again and are born so they just keep going on this loop between the physical world and the spiritual world and back again and they cause their parents a lot of distress by 
constantly dying. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there's some theories to believe that to say that this belief may have arisen partly because of you know children who were sickle cell to explain why um, children of parents who were both carriers kept dying. You know, this is before you know people understood about you know the sickle cell. What is interesting is that the names that would be given to children who were believed to be abiku were were names that were meant to show them that their parents didn't care about them, so almost trick them into staying in the world. So I think, I, I don't want to say it wrong, but there's one that means like, go and dig your grave or something like, so basically, I don't, I don't care if you live or die. Um, and so the hope is that by showing this um, nonchalance, then the child would be like, oh, you don't want me? Fine, I'm going to stay. Because, <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, there's, there's lots of interesting things about names in our culture. What, what I do know is with parents calling your name, you're, you know the tone they give, whether you're in trouble or whether you're not. That, that is the parental intonation that is most important to you when you're a child. Is this person calling my name? because I'm going to get shouted at. <laughs> Are they calling my name to give me some pocket money? <laughs> that is so funny. I remember, yeah, I always know the tone when, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's not pleasant. <laughs> but yeah, no, I guess the last, the final question that I'm going to ask you is what do you want the world um, to know about your name or names in general? I think you might have answered it before, but yeah, if there's anything else to add. Yeah, my name is Chibong Onuzo. And yeah, I like my name. Did I always did I always like it? I don't think there's every time I disliked it, but I think yes, I, I engage with it more now that I'm older and I'm glad that it has this powerful meaning. Um and I would say yeah, people should find out the meanings of their names. Thank you, Chibun Chibundu. Yeah, calling me like we're going to New York Festival. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. Oh my gosh. But yeah, no, thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure to have you and hear all your stories. No, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. No worries. I always ask him, do you have any socials? I know you've, you know, Sankofar is out now. So people, if you're listening, follow. Um, buy the book rather but yeah is there any platforms social media platforms where you post like what you're getting up to oh yes you can follow me on Instagram on Twitter at chibundu dot onyozo c-h-i-b-u-n d-u dot onyozo o-n-u-z-o and that's the end of that one thank you Thank you for listening to the No Shame In My Name podcast. Until the next time, bye. forget to like share and follow our content we're on instagram at no shame in my name pods